so I met this guy and that would have been in 2008, mm. August yeah. 2008. And after that, I started t- t- attending Quaker oh, meeting. Wow. Yeah. Um, was this and, guy a Quaker too? Or? Yeah, he was okay. a Quaker. Great. He was an atheist, but a Quaker. Yeah. Well, I actually, that is, there is a stream of Quakerism that questions right. God. Definitely. Theists. Yeah. Um, and I've met a few mm-hmm. atheist Quakers because it's about the space. Yeah. Right. And so I swore I'd never go back to another Quaker meeting. <laughs> but this couple who lived, in Tiffin, which is not far from here. Yeah. Um, on months that had five Sundays, they would meet rather than go to Bluffton, which is about an hour's drive. Mm. They would meet there. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. Yeah. And I went and um, sometimes Quaker meeting. So Quaker meeting is mostly silent, though some people will open with a reading or sure. a song, you sure, know, sure. kind of helps sets the tone. And um, a woman opened with a meditation from Thich Nhat Hanh, mm, mm-hmm. who's a Buddhist. well-known Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, died just not long ago. Mm. But well-known Buddhist leader. Yeah, and humanitarian, right. yeah, anti-war. Mm-hmm. And the meditation was, imagine you are a baby bird in a nest. Mm-hmm. So who are your adult birds? Who are yours? And I realized I had a lot of support and I kept pulling in these people. Mm. So I had, I realized I had more support than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. And it this, sounds like really people were looking out for you and caring for you. Yeah. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so this group would do some kind of discussion afterward. And the intellectual discussion really pulled me in. Um, you know, a lot of Quaker meetings put out books of queries and yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they were reading, and I think it was Baltimore mm-hmm. yearly meeting, some of their, the, the queries and testimonies. It was the mm-hmm. testimonies. Mm-hmm. So for so this gets into like Quaker philosophy and practice. And right, because Quakers deliberately don't have a creed. That's right. But testimonies Mm -hmm. so people tell some of their stories tell some of their truth Mm -hmm. and that was like whoa yeah yeah that that must be very different for other uh christians to understand like that's very different right very different way to practice but my i grew up as a storyteller my dad was a fantastic storyteller Mm -hmm. oral storyteller sure but both of my mom's um, sisters, poets. So I grew up, uh, I've been writing since I was six. Mm, mm. Um, and did mostly creative writing. Um, mostly, uh, well, I did the school newspaper. Oh, okay. And I did uh, the school yearbook. Yes. Well, <laughs> at my school, the school newspaper was run by juniors mm-hmm. and the seniors then transferred to the yearbook. Okay. And I refused. Oh, okay. I stayed on the paper and yeah. I was the first student that broke tradition. Yeah. Well, if you like making the newspaper, why not? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I had no desire to yeah. do the yearbook. I really liked the yearbook because, um, I'm a little impish sometimes, so <laughs> I like to have a little fun. You know, not, not anything malicious. You know, I'm just very gentle about it. 
but I would go around and take like fun snapshots of people or we had, uh, you know, some reindeer. There was some reindeer in town, uh, caribou as well. But I'm just thinking about a particular reindeer and it would poop around our our playground area. <laughs> this was in grade school. And so I put that in the yearbook, you know, and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, just little fun things, you know, <laughs> slice of life when you live in the Arctic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but after going to my friend's house yeah. and feeling movement, you know, mm-hmm. and then afterward, some of the people asked me, if I was um, going to come back and I said yes. And I came out to these like mm-hmm. t- 10, 12 people. And that was the Quaker meeting. That was the Quaker meeting. Nice. nice. And, and um, one of Did the. Did you feel like, like you'd found a home or a spiritual well, home? Well, um, one of the men who said four very important words, he mm. said, you are safe here. Ah, nice. Yeah. And that I really yeah. needed this place of safety because I, I didn't know what, exactly you know i thought i was might be trans i probably was trans but this was early days mm-hmm. and um those words really and they they did provide a safe community yeah for me and i didn't even know of any therapists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i found someone in columbus which mm. is 70 miles south mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And depending upon where you're, and a good hour and a half to two hours, depending upon where you're going in Columbus. Sure. Because Columbus is. It's a big city. It yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Geographically, it's huge. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, Midwest, the cities are very spread out. Yes. Yeah. Columbus is very spread out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is the biggest in Ohio now. Mm. Metropolitan, I don't know how many. It's well over a million people. Right. So you had to go. From the rural area into the big city, at, to and, get and health, I found healthcare. a therapist mm-hmm. who mostly that's all she did. So that's a three-hour commute to see a therapist, right? Wow, that's that's like half the day at least. Yeah, and <laughs> um, I was very scared, of course. Mm. And my friend Matilda went with me the first time. Yeah, and because you know I didn't know what to expect but the the therapist i saw knew right away i mean first time she's like oh yeah you're trans i took some of my poetry was it a hospital system that had a specific trans clinic okay she had just seen trans people before yeah okay great great and she would write therapy letters okay great and surgery letters sure sure and um, so she, just just uh, can you explain that a little bit, what those letters are about? So uh, a lot of doctors, endocrinologists or doctors who would prescribe hormones, mm-hmm. they need proof that you've seen a therapist. OK. And mm-hmm. are, in fact, trans. Right. Right. And a surgery letter would be. Again, someone who can certify, you know, they've met with you, mm-hmm. you're stable. And that usually is a long process to get those letters. Uh, was that a long process with you? No. Historically, it was. Right. But and, it's changed. Well, it really depends upon the 
therapist, mm. what I've found. Um, this therapist used to run a support group mm-hmm. in Columbus on okay, a Tuesday so they night. Knew. They knew all that stuff. That's great. And I had to see her. And she's like, you have to come to the support group twice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I had to, I had to see her. I had to go to her support group, which she charged seventy five dollars mm. a pop for oh, per person. Yeah, trust me, I I also paid for everything too. Well, Ooh. this was just to attend the support group. Oh, really? I've never yeah. heard of anybody charging yes. for just a support group. But I guess although if it's... after you graduated, then you could go for free. Oh, okay, all right. But after you've graduated, well, after you legally <laughs> sure, do they give you hormones. a special pin or a prize or something? <laughs> you are a man. I don't. You a there man. There was no way I was gonna. Um, okay, Hi. there's Leo. Hi, Kitty. Hi. Come here, Leo. He's the star of the show. <laughs> One of the ways I knew I was trans, so I was born depressed. <laughs> And I was born. Is that anxious. like a progressive? Uh, is that a prerequisite to being trans? <laughs> no, but it explains some things. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think there's a lot I, of joy in being trans, but I know, but there's a lot of hardship too, definitely. <laughs> and I don't mean that <laughs> I'm just all trans people are depressed. <laughs> I'm making fun of you. <laughs> but, but you know, it, I always felt not comfortable in my own body. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I know we're saying this as we're laughing. But yes, we are. <laughs> By the way, I really like your your earrings. They're like Aren't kind they? of a sculpture, like a mini sculpture. I only got them Friday, and okay. I at a jewelry sale. Oh, nice! At a Catholic church. Okay, just like a, a yard sale kind of thing. No, it's someone that supports missions, which I feel mixed about. But yeah. it's a fantastic sale. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm not wearing the ring. But these earrings, I was utterly astounded. Yeah. Actually, you're inspiring me to get some earrings. Now, I'm not that fabulous where I'd wear something like that. But I might I might get some little ones because I do have pierced ears. Maybe I'll just get some little ones. Well, so the same friend, Matilda. After mess, I forget, mess with people a little bit more because I'm, I'm kind of a gruff looking guy, you know. But then, yeah, exactly. So put a little femininity and I, I can screw with people even more. Well, you know, so so my friend Matilda. Yeah. Bless her. But yeah, she told me that men didn't wear dangly earrings. <laughs> OK. And I believed her and I gave away most of my collection. Oh, no. Yeah. I had like 200 pairs. Well, now you have the opportunity to get some more. Well, a few years ago, I realized this is stupid. <laughs> I can wear, I'm an adult. I can wear whatever I yes. want to wear. Yeah. But I will say at the time I had a lot more hair. Oh yeah. Yeah. And also those comments can sometimes go deeply. Right. Uh, and sometimes people don't mean for them to go deeply, no. but they do. Well. Yeah. And I understood what she meant. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, I think it's similar to when people misgender people and then they don't really apologize for it or they're just like, yeah, but I see you as something else. I, you know, oh, yes. like that but stuff can go really deeply. Yeah. You'll always be Cindy to me. Yeah. Or something, you know, crude like that. It's like, no, you can. In fact, women change their names all the time. And women. <laughs> when and they get married. So it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Right. 
<laughs> name changes are not that big of a deal. No, they're not. <laughs> Though I will say I changed my name. Com- yeah, I did too. I did well, too. not the last name. I kept the last name. Mm. And I kept and the middle name. I really liked the middle initial. Sure. So I went with the masculine form. Yeah. Because I had my mom's middle name. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So it was Jane. So mm-hmm. I went with James. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying what the uh, first name was. It was very 60s. Okay. <laughs> I have a friend who was named Pumpkin. No, it wasn't 60s <laughs> like that. It was it was very um She changed it to Poppy though when she was 4. She was like, "I don't want I don't want to be Pumpkin. I want to be Poppy." <laughs> it was very popular in the 60s and okay. it was like a nickname, like Candy. Sure, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Um and I never liked it. I actually had an uncle who in the 60s, changed his name from Clyde to Jim because there was some song called Clyde the Cam- the Camel or something. And it was some <laughs> silly, it was some silly song. And he was like, I'm changing my name. So my old name, there was a song and a movie. Okay. okay. All right. Now we get and to it. And someone would say, and someone was saying that mind damn here. song. I'm reading your mind. You know, but in regards to the earrings so i gave away most of my collection oh yeah and i like bet I said, some women were happy about that yes they were <laughs> uh oh ironically one of my friends i i, I uh, her name was sherry um i'm like and i came out and she was like okay yeah, yeah. this is good but i said okay you get first dibs oh, on the earrings wow mm. so she's like i was worried about them <laughs> because I was known for my okay collection of earrings, okay. funky, yeah, and like I said, out, I gave, out here in the boonies of Ohio, and you know, fabulous earrings on a you know, <laughs> on a butch woman turns <laughs> man, right? So interesting. So it's like, like I said, gave them up, and but I had it was funny. I've um. So first thing I did was I cut my hair. Okay. Because it was long. Okay. Like into a, a just a short cut? Yeah, or... just a short okay. cut. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of. Um, like a man's haircut? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Masculine. But, yeah. And then it was getting a little shaggy and one of my friends um, ran into her, so childhood friend. Mm. And she had a daughter who was like four. Okay. And daughter's staring at me. Hmm. And finally, she's like, are you a man? Are you a boy or a girl? <laughs> and I was like, oh, boy. And her mom, you know, we did the kind of, yeah, boy. You know, be, and she's still giving me this look. Hmm. And she's like, but you have long hair. Oh. And we laughed. It was shaggy. I mean, it was not long. Right. Maybe down to my collar. Sure. And when, when was that? In- well, I was already, uh, I don't know. So I started... I started tea. Okay, so the it audience. was after tea. Okay, yeah. yeah, that that's interesting because I mean, men have had long hair for a long time, right? And, and I had visible facial hair at this point. Okay, so I cut it off. And then I'm like, this is stupid. I let it grow after that because I knew yeah, sure. testosterone eventually might not be kind to it. That's right. That's right. And I wore it long until I mean, okay, I said that I would not do the comb over. Oh yeah. And in retrospect, I said that I would cut it short when uh-huh. it yeah. got, yeah. you know. I, I was never invested in my head hair, 
But um, I had a friend who was very invested in his hair. Like he even did Rogaine and all that stuff. I did Rogaine. And he connected with his being a handsome man to have this like rock star hair or something. But guess what? Bald? <laughs> yeah, he um, lost it. And yeah. he has he has kind of a smaller head. So it, it kind of looks... I mean, I, I hate to say that he looks funny, but, you know, he used to have so much pride in his hair that... It's almost like he's been knocked down a couple pegs, which I kind of enjoy. <laughs> I must say. <laughs> well, you know, because I mean, at some point he called trans men boring, bald, fat men, or something like that, and I was like, "You just called me that, you know? I am not boring." Well, I'll say before I started tea, yeah, I I really love to sing. Oh yes, that's and, something that changes. Um, yeah, and I really love my hair. Oh yeah, and. A little bit vain about my hair. I mean, not What's okay? super vain. It's okay to because like, I had beautiful hair. Yeah, it's okay to enjoy stuff like that. Sure. And um, and I realized I would give them up both. Yeah, yeah. There's some sacrifices. Meant, yeah. Well, I can, I can sing. Mm. Um, I, I can, can sing still. too, but it took a really long time. It did and to tune my voice back to where it was. You know. Yeah. So here's a handy tip for trans men out there. Uh, so I, when I was an Episcopalian, mm. I would sing with their choir. Yeah. And I kept going back to the Episcopal church. I still go there occasionally. Like if I want a proper Christmas service. Yeah. We go there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, and my voice got horrible with yes. the T, you know, yeah, it would do all those fun cracks and pops and the next thing you know you can't talk at all yeah it's interesting it just kind of my voice just would stop (laughs) like what just happened (laughs) or it'd be squeaky or all of a sudden down here like yeah it's just all over the place yeah all over the place and after it kind of settled down um i approached the choir director of that Mm. church if he would just work with me yeah and so we would meet in the church and um, we would basically mainly go over next week's hymns. Mm, but mm-hmm. the Episcopal hymnal is written out in four parts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Most of the music sure, is sure. in four parts. Yeah. And so we would, but he would do all the, you know, la, 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 you know, all the warm ups and mm-hmm. which are s- silly, but they help. And yeah. I, about six months of that and I regained oh, control wow. of my quick. voice. Yeah. It, mine has been a much longer process. I'm not ever been, I've never been like any kind of formal singer. And like I said, I'm not a musician. Oh, I'm not. So, but I, I haven't even been part of choir or anything like that. So for me, it was a private sort of thing that I've done over the years. And you know what I did? I just mimicked. Um, I started mimicking and trying to sing along with, singers who were more in my range instead of my previous range right i tried to keep that up was hard. i tried to keep up with my previous range and it was just like I, I just can't do it anymore you know no yeah um it's weird yeah yeah and i can say i've sung all four parts in choirs now mm. Mm. i noticed a lot of progressive churches are really opening up categories in choirs too, like having women singing tenor parts if they feel more comfortable there, having men singing more alto. I I really like that. You know, if if that's where you're at with your voice, then do it. Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But I will say that wearing 
this kind of stuff and the um nail polish i am more visibly queer now oh yes of course so i before you know middle-aged white guy yeah um, sure going bald and hawaiian shirts and cargo shirts i mean almost the stereotype you know sure sure what's funny is i was at this jewelry sale at a catholic church Mm -hmm. friday night that's where i got these and this and i was wearing earrings and an older woman she looked old enough to be my mother um she didn't miss a beat she was like okay well what kind of earrings and i said well um they if they hit my neck and if they make noise i'm (laughs) ecstatic it's like earrings make noise yeah yeah that that sounds very 80s actually like the geometric shapes and you know hanging yeah yeah yeah, well we're both child children of the 80s that's right that's right (laughs) but yeah these are quite long um but it's funny and and she's like well you should trim the beard back a little bit so people can see it better or like, wear wear brighter ones or something, you know. You could do whatever you want. Uh, I, I have quite the collection. Now. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't help that the one of our neighbors has sort of a perpetual garage sale. Sure. Oh, sure. I mean, well, that's how she makes a living. She yeah. buys. Yeah, it's lots common. of things. Yeah. You know. Well, it's it's part of the economic survival right now is kind of this patchwork of things that people do like that. Yeah. Well, and she bought a whole big thing of paparazzi earrings which sure. is a brand okay and i was like oh and i started wearing i mean i was wearing already bigger earrings but at first like they couldn't be too girly and like when i started doing nails they couldn't be too girly I'm like hello yeah 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 now i don't care yeah who cares who cares i but, mean who's gonna question you anyway i mean come on and you're from here. It's not like you're, you know, somebody passing through or right. whatever. I mean, you're but, from here. But I do. I love it when I get compliments on the nails or yeah. the um, earrings. And, you know. That Who compliments was, you, by the way? More women. Okay, yeah. Do you ever get compliments from men about it? Yes. Okay. Occasionally. Mm. Though I had a very weird encounter not very long ago. Okay. Um, the guy looked at my nails like, oh, Nice. It's like, normally I wear nail polish, too. I'm like, yeah, okay. I said, well, normally I'm wearing big, clunky earrings, too. And he's mm. like, he was wearing earrings. Was he, like, goth or something? or? Well, like, the earring was, like, a shark tooth. Oh, okay. And so well, there's, there's, I wasn't clear. There's also, like, a heavy metal Yeah, and I think it was thing. more that. Yeah. But then I'm like, is he flirting with me? Um, <laughs> Who knows? Well, and then we started having this conversation. I don't even know how it got there. But he said, you know, men who wear dresses are still men. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he was talking about trans women. Oh, I see. Oh. So I looked at him. I said, mm. so, I said, so am I a man? Mm. Well, yeah. I'm like, not by your definition. Mm, yeah. And then he fist bumped me like it's the best thing ever. And I'm like. What the fuck just happened here? Yeah, that's so strange. It was very strange. So he went from bigot to friend in like two seconds. <laughs> or maybe he just didn't understand. No, he, he understood that he I was understood. trans. Okay. And this guy was wearing earrings and said he used to paint his nails. Well, yeah, he said they often paint his nails. Okay, well, very one, odd. Very one, odd. he wears purple, specific, that's a certain nail. Sure. It's purple. Okay. But it gave off more of the, he didn't look goth. 
but maybe metal. Yeah, maybe metal rock or whatever. But I mean, that that metal and rock and all that has also always played with gender. I mean, that's the long tradition. I mean, that's what makes it the part of what makes it interesting. Right. Like (laughs) David Bowie, Freddie Mercury. How can you, you know, hold like bigoted (laughs) ideas and and do it yourself? Right. Right. To go from trans women are men to fist bumping me for being trans. Yeah. So strange. It was very, and and I posted that on Facebook and, I was kind of surprised at the responses I got mm. some from some of my friends like, oh, how brave of you. I'm like, mm. not really. You were just in the situation. <laughs> but I come out to people. Oh, I see. Over and over and over again. It oh, is I see. Uh-huh. a friend of mine called it one of my gifts. OK. Mm-hmm. Because I just look like another middle aged white dude. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And then I come out as trans or queer. Yeah. I sometimes do in the context of this project, actually, because I've been traveling around a lot. And some people ask me, so why are you traveling around? <clears throat> and I make a choice sometimes to tell them yes. like, exactly what I'm doing. Sometimes I don't just because I don't want to get in a conversation or something. But sometimes right. I do. And I make a point of saying, you know, I'm talking to trans people. We're talking about, you know, some of the state oppression that's going on, the, uh, identity, beliefs, religion, all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And um Something else I'm going to say that makes me a little different than a lot of trans men. Yeah. I haven't had top surgery. Uh-huh. They're still there. Yeah. They're still visible. Yeah. But most people see beard. Yeah. And they don't look beyond that. Right. And Which sucks for trans women. But also a lot of um, bigger guys do have big chests. Right. So I am more visible as a bigger dude who ha- still has a bigger chest. Yeah. And I want other trans guys to know, yeah. hey, if you want to let them be, let them be yeah. for God's sakes. Yeah. And just be you. And you're like, like you were just saying, you don't bind all that much or, no. you know, rarely. And then you wear earrings and you let your voice do what it wants to do. And you sing in different, you know, and then you um, paint your nails and you get compliments on that. I mean. And, <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, I will say, so as someone who's seen a lot of medical people, and mm-hmm. it's been really interesting. So mm-hmm. um, I've seen in smaller hospitals mm-hmm. and in some bigger hospitals, and mostly the hospital staff, all the medical people mm-hmm. are great. Mm. I do get, I had a weird. Is this up in um, Toledo well, so, or down in um, uh, Columbus? None in Tol- none in Columbus. Some in Toledo, mm-hmm. um, Bellevue, which is a smaller city, about an hour from here. That's okay. where I had the foot surgery. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiffin, Fostoria. So I've seen uh, medical people all around, and it's very interesting. Most of them, they really don't care mm, about the trans part. Yeah. Great. Great. Some are. That's well. That's professional, right? If it has nothing to do with what you're doing, then but it's just I, another aspect of you. Um, I will educate if they. Um, one of my doctors, a hematologist, mm. uh, because tea raises your hemoglobin. That's right. And my they were a little bit higher than my doctor wanted, so sure. she sent me to 
hematologist. Yeah, that's called uh, secondary secondary polycythemia. Right. Yeah, if it's really high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the doctor did not know much about trans. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. You yeah. can. He asked if he could have the conversation. Yeah. And I let him have it. Yeah. Yeah. But same doctor, someone in on his staff, misgendered me horribly. Mm, like knowingly. I think so, yeah, because the nails, she saw the nails, painted nails, and she's like, well, men don't do it. I'm like, yeah, men can do whatever they want. Mm. And then mm. she made a very inappropriate, she, she was basically asking me about what I have oh, down there. No. Yes. And it was so that, that unsettling. Person, that person should be fired, frankly. Well, um, it was, I, I wish I would have told the doctor yes. right then. Yeah. I did not. It's hard because you're in the situation and it feels traumatic, but then what do you do about it? You well, know? a couple days later, um, I sent the doctor an email. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I told him what happened. Yeah. I named the person yeah. and said, she said this. And it made me, it was very inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, a lot of That's doctors. That's not her job. That's not right. her job. Right. <laughs> um, a lot of medical people, you'll get a survey uh-huh. like a couple days later. Uh-huh. I, again, on the survey, named her and said this was very inappropriate. Yeah. A couple days later, I get a phone call from someone in the, one of the higher ups in sure. the. Um, like HR or something. Yeah. <laughs> and. Asked what happened. I told her. Yeah. And she's like, that what she apologized. She's like, that was very inappropriate. And, you know, um, I said, I don't want her fired. I said, just, she's like, someone will I talk want her to. fired. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I want her well, fired. <laughs> well, and what, and what gets me is. You're more generous. <laughs> well, but it makes me wonder because, so hematologists are often oncologists. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I actually go to uh, the the hematologist is actually in the cancer support center. Okay. So it makes me wonder: Did this woman say inappropriate things to cancer patients? Right, right, right. Yeah, because yeah. that because, really makes me wonder. Yeah, because people who will say that sort of thing, like that's part of their behavior. That's part of their normal behavior to do stuff like that. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, and, I get you. I hear you on that. You know, I I do go out of my way to educate people. Yeah. I have gone to a local medical school mm. and educated students. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's a really important form of activism, by the way. Yeah. Right. Very so important. I they no longer do it. Yeah. But because they changed something in the but they bring in LGBTQ people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the students um, small groups. You do small groups and big groups. And you tell your bit of your story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the students ask questions. Yeah. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Because some of the students ask the best questions. I do go out of my way to educate, especially yeah. medical people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why would you? I mean, it's just part. It's part of your medical history. Right. So I do that as well. I tell doctors, even if my appointment isn't trans specific because it's part of my history. Right. But I've had some doctors even in supposedly cool places like San Francisco Bay Area, after that I tell them that, 
yeah, I've had this happen before. They tell me that they can't treat me because I'm a trans person, even though the medical care had nothing to do with being trans. Yes. And I've heard about oh, that. Oh, yes. It's very common. Uh, yeah. Uh, I am just saying I've been incredibly lucky. Yeah. Well, that's a form of activism, by the way, that you do that, that you that you're so open in these medical situations because there's a history well, of trans people having to um, hide things. Right. And, you know, I do my mammograms <clears throat> and now Good. it's like, you got to watch out for the beard. Good. And I'd say it jokingly. And pap smears and that sort of I, thing. Um, yeah. And um, I was having a lot of pelvic issues mm-hmm. and I was taking my sister to a local gynecologist. I said, Just ask him if he'll see me. Yeah. Right. And right. his response was, well, if he has the parts, I'll awesome. look at him. Awesome. Great. And he believed me when I kept saying I had this issue. Yeah. It was just pelvic pain. Yeah. And it turned out, and this is, um, I uh, talked to a doctor who is over at Cleveland Clinic. It's a common. Oh, okay. For people of any gender of any sex to have problems with their pelvic floor oh yes right that's but then people are embarrassed or ashamed Mm -hmm, because they have pain right right or problems and for god's sakes go because i suffered for like two years imagine being a a a trans person and going in well and then i had to go to a a a women's (laughs) specifically a women's hospital a wait specifically the chronic pelvic pain clinic right at a women's hospital right right yeah do you know how awful that was uh i can have a feeling about that yeah yeah i i have had to see i've even though i've had hysterectomy etc relatively recently i had to go to a gynecologist because they were the only doctor in town pretty much that would prescribe hormones in a very conservative place. So, uh, and of course insurance didn't pay for it, uh, because I sent, I, cause I'm a man and I went to a gynecologist, even though that shouldn't matter. Well, so in that regard, my insurance, I have to come out every time. Yeah. Right. Cause my insurance counts me as female. Otherwise right. I don't get mams and paps. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is important. Important. You have the parts. You have to take care of and them. And in this day and age, uh, the these insurance companies should just like it, just pass it. Just pass it. You know. I just think it shouldn't even be a thing. No, it shouldn't be a thing because if if you need the care, then you need the care. You know. Right. And yeah. and anybody can get breast cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I knew a cis man exactly. who had it, yeah. and he became sort of an activist. That's right. That's right. Because cis men get breast cancer too. That's right. That's right. And his doctor did not take him seriously. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's it's um, arguably more deadly in men because it's not, um, uh, the, they don't check for the symptoms. Right. They don't do exams. He was very lucky. It was encapsulated, so it did not okay. spread. Okay. But yeah. he had it for a year and the doctor did not take him seriously. Mm. So he had to have a mastectomy and he had to do... Right. Um, treatment. Right. Because men do have breast tissue. They right. Do. They have the same ducts. We're all mammals. We, I mean, that's why men have nip- nipples. I mean, yeah. Right. <laughs> so for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah. Do I mean, your. Here you have a trans person saying, you know, they go, they go and have um, 
pap smears and you know gynecological care and also breast exams so i i gotta hand that to you that's really great because a lot of trans people due to trauma due to discrimination well will avoid care so thank you so much for modeling what is a good example of, of taking care of yourself well i will say that i did not i was really i didn't have I went to a gynecologist once when I was in my early 20s mm-hmm. and never went back until okay. my 40s. Okay. Well, you know, I'm I'm so glad that you um, decided that that was a good thing to do. You know, that you could go back to a doctor to take care of yourself. Luckily, my primary care doc said she mm-hmm. would do the pelvic. Yeah. I'm like, I haven't. And she's like, okay, we do the pelvic. And Let's my current primary care doc yeah. will do that if I asked her. Yeah. But when I was having the problems i sought the gynecologist yeah yeah. because my primary care doc tried her best to figure it out she thought maybe ovarian cysts Mm. yeah and you know the problem is i mean there's many problems here is that when you're ill too or if you have something that is not obvious but you're in pain it's so hard to advocate for yourself right and advocating for yourself as a trans person is so difficult it's so difficult well yeah and and here I'm having, it felt like menstrual pain. Right, right. Cramps. And that can be dysphoric as well. Right. For a lot of men. Yeah, trans men. Um, and, but I, my primary care doc did a pelvic exam, did not mm-hmm. find anything, sent me for a transvaginal ultrasound. Okay. Thinking ovarian cysts. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. So then like another year goes by, finally I asked the gynecologist, uh, my sister's gynecologist. And I started seeing him. He did a pelvic, nothing out of the ordinary, did a CT scan, nothing. Mm-hmm. But he's like, Aaron, I believe you. He's like, I don't know what this is, mm. but I need I need to figure out who I can send you to. Yeah. So he sent me. That's great that you had a doctor on your side. Yes. Yeah. And he was the one who sent me to University of Michigan. Yeah. A lot of trans people and just... I mean, people in general have to convince their doctors to to help them. Right, right? because this is just pain. There's no other yeah, right. symptoms. But pain is an important symptom. I mean, it's why we have pain. I mean, well, it's invisible. <laughs> to indicate like, that something's wrong. So my dizziness mm. is invisible, too, because I don't stagger. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't. I've never fallen because of it. Yeah. yeah. So they have to believe me. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I, I'm glad that you have some good health care. That's wonderful. Yeah. In yeah. in Podunk, Ohio, people, That's right. it's That's possible. Right. But also, you're an active participant in making that happen. And it sounds like you have some good people around you who are helping you as well and some support like your sister, your sister's doctor. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm so impressed with, with you, but then also the people around you seem to be really caring for you. And I, I really like that. Yes, yeah. it took some people a while to come around, yeah. but yeah, they nearly everyone did. Yeah, because they love you, you know, they care for you. Well, I hope I do the same. Yeah, <laughs> well, I can, but, I can but imagine you're right. you have a very good spirit. I'm imagining that you give you give back plenty. Thank sure. you for the reminder. Once I kind of knew I was trans, I couldn't know it, and I've been pretty open. I've been very open about it. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, open to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in some ways, 
I mean, not everybody has to be as open as you are or as open as I am, but it's really helpful um, in, you know, the bigger, the bigger picture and also in your own communities. When people know trans people, it's so much more difficult to hate us. Yes. I mean, obviously, both of us are very bubbly. We're, we're having a good time here with this interview and smiling. And, you know, life is a challenge, definitely. It, it, we we both have challenges, but to look at us and then to to have some hatred, I I would wonder like it, what's going on there. And you and know? what you just said, I always say I come out to people because the more likely you are to know a trans person, that's right. The less likely you are to discriminate that's against right. us. They did all kinds of studies around gay people around that too, and they right. and they found that that was the case, and it probably is the case for trans people as well. I mean, it's basic you know, sympathy, it's, it's compassion. It's, it's, a, it's knowing it's, you know, all that stuff. My dad thought I was crazy mm-hmm. until he met other trans people Yeah, and saw how normal we are. Right. And some of us are really fabulous and creative. Some of us are kind of boring and just doing whatever, you know, working, not working, having families. Uh, you know, you, you live in this, uh, sweet little house with your sister and, and, you know, I'm out on the road and, you know, the, you're in the meeting house and I sometimes go to meeting house, but not that often. <laughs> and, uh, but I have my own thing that I do. Sorry, this little fly loves you. <laughs> I guess I'm sweet. Yes. <laughs> you know what loves me is, is mosquitoes. And I'll tell you, if you live in Alaska, you. Ooh, oh, mosquitoes like, love me too. Oh, yeah. And we have them because we have some, um low-lying oh, land oh yeah 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 and woods back there yeah, yeah yeah so yeah we have mosquitoes oh yeah 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 there's just so much diversity among trans people and so much beauty and so much um i mean we've all had to come up with our with a lot of survival tactics and ways to um access resources that are very difficult to access so in some ways we're kind of like uh, this model of what it, what it's like to be a survivor, you know? Right. Yeah. And um, I saw S. Bear Bergman. I don't know if you've ever seen no. them, Mm-mm. but they were keynote oh, speaker. Bergman. Yes. Bergman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, one of their books is <clears throat> just fabulous, but I'm blanking on the name. But anywho, they said that one of the best things about the trans community is we create space and then we pull the others behind us. We, okay. we, mm. we make it easier we try to make it easier yes. for the people coming up, which is why I help facilitate a trans support group in Toledo. Right. Yeah. Um, because I, I remember my first support group. I was terrified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and a woman's like, oh, honey, if you can't be yourself here, you can't be yourself anywhere. That's right. That's right. I always really, I, you know, when I was going to a lot of peer groups, I actually really love them. I don't go to them so much anymore. Um, <clears throat> but when I was going to them when I was younger, I really loved them, especially the mixed ones, which were like trans women and trans men together. There weren't a lot of non-binary people who were, you know, self-identifying that way back then. But um, because I loved hearing the trans women's experience, which I was completely ignorant of, right, as a trans man, because those experiences are very different. There's some connections, definitely. Right. But, but I loved getting out of um, these peer groups that were just trans men. And it was just kind of the same story over and over to hearing what was what it was like on the other side of things. I really love that. The the first 
transport group I went to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had this knee-jerk reaction to trans women. Oh, okay. Like, God, what is wrong with them? And I'm like, and and I... and and I realized it was my own. Yes. And I'm like, so what is wrong here? Yes. Well, interestingly enough, I mean, if we experience that, it makes sense that cisgendered people would also be a little bit confused sometimes about what we're going through. But it's a point where there can be education and, and sympathy over those, you know. Which over- is one of the reasons I open myself to this. That's right. Um, if That's y'all right. look search the toledo blade you'll find a i was featured in an article oh i'll, I'll link to some it some years ago yeah. um i'm not the star of the show oh that's fine but they discuss my story sure and um friends journal that's a quaker magazine i don't okay. know if you know yes. that mm-hmm. um i was at our yearly meeting mm. and um this man scott miller had this knee-jerk reaction to me because mm. he never thought much of trans people. Mm. And so I got to the meeting and I got misgendered almost as soon as I got there. And I'm like, what the, you know, mm-hmm. and it really bothered me. Mm-hmm. So luckily I was able to connect to that person who misgendered me. <laughs> this little fly, this fucking fly. And I said, you know, I said, what is going on with that? Yeah. He's like, he's like, I knew you were trans. I couldn't remember which way you were headed. Okay. <laughs> so he was trying to be helpful, but he was doing the exact wrong thing. Yes. Okay. That's where asking questions, right. asking pronouns, et cetera, it is would have really made important. it so much easier. <laughs> yes. Than making me horribly dysphoric. Yes. Right. But then, but then, oh, and and in that, before I talked to him. Um, we do worship sharing. So that's where you're given a query mm. and people speak their truth into the silence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not necessarily responding to other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I, and it was something about resources. I want to kill this fucking fly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I may have scared it away. Did you kill it? No, but I may have scared it away. (laughs) Where's the cats? Catch the flies when you need them. Because cats will catch flies. Or where's the spider to catch the fly? (laughs) My oh my. (laughs) Anyway, um, so so start over again a little bit. Okay. (laughs) So I went to our yearly meeting. That's Mm -hmm. sort of. And right away I got misgendered. Oh, you don't have to go back that far. Okay, that far. Yeah, yeah. But so worship sharing. Anywho, this man had an epiphany about something I said. Mm -hmm. And um, at meeting for worship, Mm -hmm. I then, you know, have a complete change in attitude. And I'm like, and I, I don't know what I said, Mm. but I stood up in meeting and spoke, Mm. which for those um, don't know about Quaker meeting only sometimes you it's in silence the whole time yeah and you are only supposed to speak if you are pulled to your feet yeah by the spirit by the spirit right Mm -hmm. and i said something i don't remember what i said Mm -hmm. but i when and we often worship with our eyes closed Mm -hmm. yeah and scott is sitting next to me when i and he's like and he thanked me. He had this major epiphany about trans people. Mm. 
So a few months later, I don't think anything of it. He's like, hey, we need to write an article for trans for Friends Journal. Mm. So it appeared. Oh, wow. It is. So if you look for Aaron Reinhardt. And, is that online? Yeah, you okay. can find it online. I'll, I'll try and find it and put a link to it. Yeah. To um, yeah. I, transforming Prejudice. What is it? I don't. It's something about transforming prejudice into love. Okay. Um, it's a really amazing piece. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to read it. Definitely. Yeah. Because he had this, because he known other queer people mm-hmm. and he had queer friends, but he didn't think much of trans people mm. until he met me. Yeah. It's interesting how people are sometimes making that distinction. Oh, yeah. Gay people. I'm, I'm okay with that. But these trans people, I'm not so sure. Like, what is that about? I mean. Right. We're not. <laughs> We're not alien. I mean, we're not from like another planet or something. I mean, we're your neighbors and your right siblings and sometimes your parents and your church going members and right. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've appeared in Friends Journal twice now. Oh, awesome. The other was a poem because I wrote that piece. Yeah. Um, Friends Journal often does theme pieces, the, yeah. whole, the whole thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was invited to submit poetry oh okay so i have a poem great great yeah you're a published poet (laughs) just once (laughs) it's okay that you're still a published poet yes i (laughs) I come from uh (laughs) yeah i was published in harvard magazine for a couple of interviews that i did of alumni and i so i put that out there sure i'm a published writer So um, I have another interview today that I have to run off on. So run off to. So and how should we end it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of just want to hang out and drink, I know. drink some more coffee and, and get to know your cats <laughs> and your guinea pigs here. Um, yeah, I have to run off though. I, I'm amazed. There's been a really uh, positive response to my project here in Ohio and Kentucky and Oklahoma so next year, next spring, I'm, I might come back, but, you know, um, I make another loop. Hook you up. Yeah. yeah with other definitely. people. It's nice to, to talk to somebody who's like a little bit similar to me, you know. Oh, right. right? We are similar ages. Yeah. Similar ages. And we both love our beards, although mine is extremely short. Mine is at the stubble. Mine is at the fall stubble stage. I actually <laughs> trimmed mine a little bit today. Okay. So it would look better. Well, your ringlets at the bottom are, I love them. Aren't they it's like, impressive? It, like it almost plates itself. You should see it when the, they're wet. Oh, they're yeah. even more so. Oh, I bet. Yeah, mine just kind of goes down in zigzags like this. Oh, yeah. Kinda mine like is the, very curly. Kind of like the old uh, Assyrian statues from a long time ago. <laughs> like it's just like, you know, or the Greeks or whatever. You know, it's kind of like that. That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, end it. Yeah, end it. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to hug you. <laughs> you can hug me.